0: It's Tuesday, January 29th, 2019. I'm Herbie Newell, and this is the Defender Podcast, a daily encouragement to mobilize and equip the body of Christ to manifest the gospel to orphans and vulnerable children. This daily podcast is a Ministry of Lifeline Children's Services, and I'm coming to you from Birmingham, Alabama. Well, today we are joined by Lynn Beckett, who is an educational specialist with the team at Lifeline Children's Services, and Lynn has worn many hats throughout her time with the ministry. Uh, is such a wealth of knowledge, both from working with birth families and working with adopted families and working with post adopted families. And really, her especially over the year has been helping these post adopted families, especially uh, through the healing and through the counseling and through helping them find the reality of who they are in Christ so that they can ultimately help their children find the reality of who they are in Christ. And so, Lynn, today we're talking about self care for adoption and foster parents. And so, Really, even when we say self-care, what is self-care?
1: Right, Herbie. Um, You know, when I think about self-care, I think about how that is taking care of yourself, making sure that you are in a good place mentally, emotionally, spiritually, and physically, so that you have the reserves to give out to others. And we know that when families take on that care, that responsibility, that ministry, whether they are doing fostering and have children in foster care or through adoption, we know that taking on the um, trauma that those children bring with them can really add an extra layer to Mm -hmm. parenting. It's like it takes parenting to um, a whole different Mm -hmm. level. Um, And that um, is a little different than just parenting in a traditional way, and that can be very draining at times. So that is why um, it's so important for our families to be aware of self-care, to make sure that they're in a good, healthy place so that they can help those children that are in their homes.
0: Yeah, and I know we're gonna talk a little bit more here about just the biblical nature of self-care, but when I think of even what you're saying, First and foremost, we know that we are mind, body, spirit, soul. There's a lot to us. And a lot of times as people, we just see the outside. We see the physical reality. And in the same way, if, if, if we're going to go play a sport, we're going to exercise, we're going to get our body ready to play that sport. And we we don't always help people think about nourishing their soul, nourishing their mind, and thinking about that, that God created us as complex individuals. And I think even through Jesus' ministry, and so just... Even after I say this, you can talk a little bit more about just the the biblical nature of self-care. There are many times that Jesus went away and he withdrew from the crowd in order to get with his father and pray. So talk about this biblical reality of self-care.
1: Yeah, I love that illustration, that visual of Jesus withdrawing and taking time to reconnect with his father and recharge. You know, even Christ told us to love others as we love, you know, ourselves. And in order to love others well, we do have to care for ourselves. Um, Matthew Henry says that there is a self-love that can be corrupt and the root of the greatest sins, and it must be put off and mortified. And I think sometimes as believers, we think that self-care may be sinful in Mm -hmm. some ways. But Henry goes on and says, but there's a self-love that's natural and the rule of the greatest duty, and that it must be preserved and sanctified, that we must love ourselves, That is, we must have a due regard to the dignity of our own natures and a due concern for the welfare of our own souls and bodies. So connecting to what you said about we are a whole person and we need to take that into consideration.
0: Yeah, and I I think even as you say that, it makes me think about the sad reality that many times as Christians and in the church, there are that 20% that do everything and they pour, 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 Mm -hmm. give, give, give. And that's not ever meant to be what Christ said. Mm -hmm. As a matter of fact, he wanted to fill us up Mm -hmm. so that we would overflow into other people. Well you can't be filled up if you're not seeking the word for yourself, Mm -hmm. if you're not allowing the Lord to minister your soul and the Holy Spirit to refresh Mm -hmm. you in what you're doing so that you can be, as this says, other things for other people. Mm -hmm. And and like you said so aptly at the very beginning, this is hard being an adoptive parent. It's hard being a foster parent. Mm -hmm. It it especially when these children are coming from traumatic places. And so we need a time to be able to recharge and come away. When God created the world, he took day seven to rest. Rest is so important. And so as an adoptive family or a foster family may be listening to this podcast, and they're hearing this whole idea of self-care retreating, filling up mind, body, and spirit, what are those warning signs to say, okay, I'm at a place where I need to be thinking about self-care?
1: Right. That's a great question. Some of those warning signs um, can be physically, we can begin having more headaches, we may have stomach issues, our bodies can react physically to the stress Mm -hmm. and the anxiety that we're under. We may feel lethargic and no Mm -hmm. energy. Um, We may begin to have sleep problems. We know that the children are having sleep problems, and usually if the children aren't sleeping, the parents aren't sleeping either. Mm. Um, Under that emotional, mental um, section that we've talked about, there may be feelings of negative thoughts that begin to creep in, you know, why did we do this, or we've made a mistake. There can be that self-doubt that rises. You know, there may even be anger or sadness, Mm. anxiety and depression can creep in. Socially, sometimes when people aren't doing well with self-care, they begin to um, isolate themselves Mm. socially. You know, they may become cynical, wide mood Mm. swings, or they may get just really irritable with their spouse or their children. And then spiritually, and we've talked about that already a bit, but beginning to miss your personal devotion Mm. time. Or having a declining interest in being with your spiritual community, your small group, your church. You know, not going to church on a regular basis, or maybe like you once did. And Mm. then having a lack of interest in prayer or reduction in prayer time can be some of the signs that Mm. maybe you're having um, some issues in the area of spiritual need and care.
0: Mm. So, obviously, and unfortunately, sometimes we look at these behaviors and we say, well, these are just the effects of sin. But we also know that while they may be the effects of sin, uh, the Word calls us so many times to come back to the Savior Mm -hmm. in order to find the nourishment for our bones, in Mm -hmm. order to give us the power, to give us that He working in us can help us overcome. And so I I hope and pray that people won't see these symptoms as just, I've got to get better, I've got to do better, I've got to do more. Because I think, unfortunately, especially in this culture of America, we have this whole idea that I just got to do more, and and then when we even come to this place of saying you need help, people don't know where to stop. Right. We're doing, 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 and doing for others. And mamas especially constantly need someone, someone always needs something from me. How would I ever stop? How would I ever retreat? And I love what uh, so many people have said, and I, John Piper actually said this about sleep, that when we go to sleep, it's the time of the day that we admit that we're not God mm-hmm. and that we need help. Mm-hmm. And so a lot of times what I would encourage and I know you would encourage these families is to say you're not God mm-hmm. you can't do it all and you can't mm-hmm. save these children mm-hmm. and so you need to get at to that time to, to come out so what does self-care look like and and in that whole vein of how do I stop how would a family fit that into their schedule
1: yeah even I mean even as I think about self-care and I think about those years when I was a young mom and there was all this busyness going on in my life Um, my first thought would be, are you insane? I don't have time for self-care. When can I fit this into my schedule? You know, we've got doctor's appointments Mm and um, sports events we have to go to and new therapies and I'm in the car all the time. So when do I stop and do self-care? So I think that self-care does not have to be a large Chunk of time, but maybe a rhythm of the day. Mm-hmm. And so uh, there are things that we can do throughout our day mm-hmm. that can begin to help us recharge. We can do it in two minutes or five minute segments. We could do it in 10 or 15 minute segments or even 30 minute segments. So I think um, some of it is that mindset of checking in with yourself Mm -hmm. and taking a um, just a little barometer of how you're feeling, Mm -hmm. what you're thinking, Um, and making sure that you're not ignoring yourself. So some simple things that you can do is just to make sure that you're eating regularly, that you're eating good healthy snacks, that you're eating good healthy foods, that you're avoiding sugary foods or caffeine that can sometimes, we feel like it energizes us, but there's gonna be a caffeine slump that comes down. So making sure that you're doing those kinds of things. Um, Making sure that you're doing um, a little bit of exercise every day. So taking that family pet for a walk a couple of times a day or putting the kids in the stroller and going for for a walk. Taking deep breaths and doing stretching during the day um, is going to be something that will help you recharge. You know other easy five or ten minute things that you could do to kind of recharge emotionally would be listening to your favorite song, mm. you know, on the radio or playing your favorite hymn, mm. reconnecting with God mm. in that way. Um, there are so many great technical tools that we can use these days to make sure that we're staying connected spiritually, downloading your favorite podcast from your favorite preacher. Mm. Or, and this is one thing, too, that I think about self-care is that this is a great opportunity to pull in your support group because many times we need those around us to help us with self-care. So asking your best friend to send you an encouraging verse on a daily basis can definitely help you stay connected, not just with your spiritual community, but also help you refocus on the Lord. Um, Engaging your small group to come provide you time to get away for some exercise or a date night with your spouse so not feeling like you're in this alone you want to make sure that you're pulling in those around you too Mm -hmm. to help you with self-care
0: and i think that's so important because when you think of self-care and even where we started with jesus with withdrawal and prayer it's it's not isolation we're Mm -hmm. we're not calling people towards isolation but actually into community with Mm -hmm. other people uh, sometimes those other people are the ones that need to say, you need to go away and be by yourself. Yeah. I remember when Ashley and I first got married, we uh, were going through marriage counseling. And I remember the pastor said and gave the verse and said, it's so important that you never go to bed angry with your spouse. And I remember we were such literalists when we first got married. And we yeah. would be disagreeing <laughs> and we would stick there with each other. Like who's going to give in first mm-hmm. and we're going to get out of this and we can go to bed. And we would stay up like well past the time and we need to go to bed just looking at each other waiting for the anger to go away and then I remember it was like you know what we probably need to separate and then come back mm-hmm. together and so it's it's understanding that you don't have to stick there with your child when you're experiencing anger or frustration it's okay to look at your child and let them know I need to check out for a second Absolutely. I need to I need to go away mom needs to go or dad needs to go so that I can I can understand and, and know what's going on and then I I know for me In the job that I have, there's so many things that fly at you fast, and that is the reality of life. Mm -hmm. There are times that in a perfect world, you would be able to go and pray about every decision, uh, you know, contemplate and get with the Lord with every interaction, but that's not what happens. But I think if we're aware about our day, we're aware about our struggles and our weaknesses, I find myself every morning praying to the Lord, begging Him and pleading with Him, I'm going to face challenges today that I'm not expecting. Mm -hmm. I'm going to be asked to make a decision on a dime that I have no idea about. Lord, give me grace and wisdom right now Mm -hmm. and in those moments, even when I don't have time to ask You. And so I think just being aware of what our pitfalls or challenges Mm -hmm. are and when we have those moments going to the Lord and and pleading with him for his grace Mm -hmm. in those moments so yeah Lynn these are all great things but I know even as you talk about being proactive what is this end goal in self-care because we're being proactive to get these things but what's our goal in self-care
1: right I think as you were talking about um you know the fact that you face the day not knowing what Mm. challenges you will meet Um, that reminds me that it's important that we know what our capacity is and certainly in parenting children from hard places parents don't know what they're going to face during the day and I hear so many times things were going well I don't know what happened but suddenly everything just Mm -hmm. went haywire and so that's Mm -hmm. why this topic of self-care is so important we have to start With filled tanks Mm. because if we're operating from a place of an empty tank um, then we're not going to be able Mm. to respond in the way that we want to respond in a way that's going to be healing Mm. and helpful for the child and so that's um, something that we want to Mm. keep in mind the end goal You know, many times, Herbie, our families come into the Ministry of Foster Care and Adoption because they are so compassionate. Mm -hmm. It is compassion that drives them. It's, It's our families that have sometimes the most tender hearts and the highest level of empathy that come into this type Mm -hmm. of ministry. And so that makes them very vulnerable for something that we call compassion fatigue. Mm -hmm. And so they move into that place of compassion fatigue. So when we talk about self-care, the end goal, and this is a a phrase that's coined from Jane Schooler. Mm -hmm. She wrote a book called Wounded Children Healing Homes. She talks about being competently compassionate. And so that's the end goal of self-care is that we are competent in our compassion so that we can go the long haul because we know that these children are not going to come to a place Mm -hmm. of healing in a day or a week or a year. Um, But this is really a lifetime commitment for our families in ministering to these children and helping them navigate uh, Mm. through their past and their histories and bringing integration in that. And so we want families that um, can do it for the long haul. It's not a sprint. (laughs) This is a marathon and we want them to finish strong.
0: Mm -hmm. God has allowed you the opportunity, and I know it's been hard at times, to be able to talk to families that are struggling and to be the first line for those families and to be an encouragement to them And I know this isn't the most popular thing to say, but the weight at the beginning of the process is sometimes God's greatest gift to prepare you. And I think families get so uptight about the weight of bringing their child in their Mm -hmm. home. They don't Mm -hmm. prepare themselves well. So do you have any tips for families about how to use that weight, even to prepare themselves for this important idea of self-care, to already be getting in this rhythm of caring for themselves even before these children come in their home.
1: Yeah, absolutely. And I love that thought of being intentional during that time of wait, because we can get bogged down Mm -hmm. in just the longing for the child. Mm -hmm. But if you can begin to think about that in an intentional way, there are lots of things that you could do during that waiting period. One of the things that I would recommend that families do is begin to look at their schedules Mm -hmm. and begin to clear your schedule of things. So, that you have the capacity within your schedule Mm -hmm. to um, have time for recharging. And this is something that's hard for us as Americans Mm -hmm. um, because sometimes we're doers and we're not Mm -hmm. beers. And so, um, you know, recognizing that you are entering into a ministry and so rotating off the deacon board, Mm -hmm. rotating off the elder board, not being the chairman of Vacation Mm -hmm. Bible School for the fifth year in the row you know, making sure that you're clearing time so that you can um, focus on your child and also have time for yourself as well so that you're not being pulled and distracted in different areas. So I think looking at your schedule, what is realistic in our capacity as a family and beginning to rotate out of those things and educating your support system on the why behind that because Um, Oftentimes we think, well, we're just bringing a child in the home. We're just parenting. Mm -hmm. We've been parents before. What's the big deal? But it is a big deal, Mm -hmm. and it is a huge ministry. And so reframing the minds of those around you to recognize that you are engaged in ministry work. You are Mm -hmm. engaged in kingdom work when you bring these children into your home, and you need to create space and time for that. Um, I think begin recognizing and doing some self-examination of what does really recharge me. Mm -hmm. You know, what might be recharging to you may be different for me. You know, it may be getting off and doing a hike in the woods or it may be going to a painting class or going to an exercise class. So recognizing what is it that really recharges me. And then looking at what I talked about earlier, the 5 minute, 10 minute, 30 minutes. If I only have 15 minutes today to recharge. What is that activity that's going to bring me the biggest bang for my buck in recharging and refilling me?
0: It's so important to to know those warning signs and those triggers and what you can do before Mm -hmm. you get into battle. And it's every great army prepares before they go into battle. Mm -hmm. And so the preparation is just as important as the execution. Mm -hmm. And I love what you say, and unfortunately our culture is one where we exalt those who we see as doing the most or the most important um, but that's not what the word of God says. The word of God says they exalt the ones that trust the most on Christ and are most mm-hmm. exalted as well. And so mm-hmm. in the same way, not everybody has the same capacity Correct. to do the same things. And so you can't compare yourself to someone else. And then I think lastly, and the last thing I would want you to touch on is it's not weakness to need help. Uh, it's not weakness to be dependent. As a matter of fact, that's what the whole gospel is about is we are dependent people and we need help. And so, we want to be there for families when they need help. And that's through counseling, that's through education in the post adoption phase. So, just how would people get connected with our post adoption team and our post adoption counseling?
1: Absolutely. First of all, um, connecting with your caseworker. You know, your caseworker is going to be with you, following you through the post adoption um, phase. And so, letting them know what resources that you might need, letting them know what your struggles are. Um, and and that requires honesty Mm. and so just being honest with what's going on and what struggles that you need and then your caseworker um, will definitely pull in um, extra help um, if needed and so that might be myself or through counseling and we we just see so many times Um, that families will hit a barrier Mm. you know and they just need a little bit of help getting over that hump Mm. and so um, counseling is a wonderful way to do that Mm. and it doesn't mean that if you come see a counselor that you're locked in for life you know it may be a a six-week session or a six-month session and you're back on track and you're good to go Uh, but I do want families to know that we do not want them struggling in silence we know We know that it's going to be hard. We expect it to be hard. And so we expect to hear those calls. And we expect families to need extra help um, in different settings and situations.
0: Well, please do reach out if you need help. And even as we start this new year at the end of this first month of January, we want our families, like Lynn said, to be in it for the long haul. And compassionate people, unfortunately, sometimes are prone to burnout and we can't burn out on these children. And so we need to be taking this step so that we can have a long, active, vibrant ministry with the children in our home so that ultimately we can reach their heart with the gospel of Christ and start to disciple them in the way that they should go. So please reach out to us uh, if you need help. If you are one of our adoptive families, definitely like Lynn said, reach out to your caseworker to make sure that you can get that post-adoption support, help, and counseling that you desperately need. Well, thanks for listening to the Defender Podcast.